bitches, bros, and non-binary hoes. This is the Eat, Sleep, Believe, Repeat podcast, your weekly AEW review and breakdown. I might as well start throwing Ring of Honor in there, too, because we're doing it weekly now. But um, speaking of which, I'll get into that in a moment, because there's some, uh, you know, some things that with the uh, new most recent episodes of the podcast that I'll get into. But uh, yeah, we're back at it again with more wrestling this week. There's been some interesting developments in the AEW and Ring of Honor universes recently. Um, we might be headed straight for a collision, you might say, Charlie. Hey, the second coming of... <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs> uh, the first dance, the second coming. I mean, I mean, is the Last Supper going to be the last event that he does? Like, shit. <laughs> That's going to be introducing AEW Raw. No. Um... Oh, no. But... <laughs> Yeah, that uh, we had an announcement for an announcement, so we'll we'll uh, we'll talk about that a little later. That'll be fun. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's just like uh, there's so many things I have to go through really quickly, so I'll just go through them all. So, like uh, like at the beginning of the podcast, there's a couple order business that I like to take care of. The first being that if you have are listening to this first time, this might be the first time you're listening. Uh, make sure you guys go ahead and follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Bane Duke. That's B A N E D U K E on Twitter, and Charlie at O Charlie with an X instead of a Y and with an X instead of an A. Not whatever the fuck I said. And um, <laughs> also follow at Eat Sleep Elite on Twitter where you can be a part of our wrestling community that we're slowly trying to build over there. Um, you know, because if you hit us with a follow, we'll hit you with that follow back. And if you hit us with a message, we might message you back. Uh, it's probably not going to be me, if I'm being completely honest. I'm a bitch and I just don't log into the Twitter. But you can definitely at least interact with Charlie and he'll definitely let me know about it. So, um but yeah, uh, that being said, though, if you want to interact with me, you can just interact with me on Twitter, or you can interact with me in my stream on Twitch, which you can follow me at the Duke of Derps. Uh, it's Twitch TV slash the Duke of Derps. So if you want to just hit that link and hit me with the follow, hit me with the five star frog splash review on the uh, um, whatever podcast platform you happen to be listening to this on as well. Uh, you know, and uh, if you want to leave us a little message in there, and we'll, we'll read those off as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, so other than that, though, uh, Charlie, I mean, there's like a lot of things to talk about this week. Yes. The best, the best thing happening in wrestling right now, Charlie, is the best of the Super Juniors 30. Oh, yeah. And we're going to uh, we're going to spend some time talking about that today we'll, and over the next couple of weeks. Honestly, yeah, we're probably I, fig- gonna... I figure while this tournament's going and I mean, we don't have dark anymore, so we can we can openly talk about some other stuff until we get collision here because when we get collision these shows are probably going to be consistently 2 hours but in the meantime we can fill those gaps with some other stuff so yeah 1000% um that's why we're also we've been covering we did last week and we're going to as well this week cover ring of honor as if it's dark basically because it's kind of i mean it's kind of filling that role right now temporarily anyway if we're being honest so um uh, even if Ring of Honor doesn't like that, it's the way that it is. If you saw the Ring of Honor episode from this week, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But um, not not to knock that episode at all, by the way. We'll talk about it. There was some stuff on it we liked. But I think we both said to each other while we were watching it, like, yeah, this is kind of Ring of Honor dark, but it's okay. Yeah. It's, um, it, if that's what they do and they serve a purpose of creating some more, more stars. I mean, that's it, the rumor, right? It's going to be the dark four collision anyway. So, I mean. Yeah. I guess it should start filling that role, although I, I really liked the direction Ring of Honor was going in, but oh well, you know. Um, yeah. I can't have, I can't have too many nice things. I mean, we all kind of had to assume that if AEW grew to a certain point, that, a, that Ring of Honor was kind of going to take the backseat, which that just sucks, though, you know what I mean? But oh well, but since we don't have dark cover anymore, you know, at least temporarily or probably we won't again, but we'll probably have enough content to cover when Collision starts. Uh, but yeah, which we should hopefully be getting announced in uh, the next episode. So, 
Um, that being said, though, Charlie, I guess it's time for us to get into the stuff that we liked on this episode because we always like to start out with a little bit of positivity. I don't think I missed anything, right? Yeah, I think it's trying nope. to go straight into favorites, and you got the <coughs> you got the lead this week, bud. So go ahead and take us to paradise. Absolutely, and we're jumping straight into the main event of AEW Dynamite this week. John Moxley defeats Kenny Omega in a steel cage match. Uh, John Moxley is now three and one against Kenny Omega in singles matches. You know, last week we were kind of running down a little bit of the history of this rivalry, and you know, this is the most important rivalry in the history of AEW. It's it's bar none. It's from day one, the end of Double or Nothing when John Moxley showed up. It it has always been John Moxley and Kenny Omega. And now, if you look at where we're at today compared to when this rivalry started, these guys have gone through the ups and the downs. They're completely different uh, in terms of their character. And yet, now we have Kenny Omega as the babyface, almost ripping his fucking leg off, by the way. Holy shit. And he's entering John Moxley's, you know, violence. The, he wants him in a steel cage. You know, the inmates run the asylum. How about we lock him up? That's what he was saying. This was undoubtedly the most violent chapter in this rivalry. This was my favorite match that we've had between the two. Uh, you know, the Bullet Club or the Blackpool Combat Club versus the Elite. And now, while we get into this match here, we're left with this overarching feeling of Don Callis turned on Kenny Omega to help John Moxley win the match. That son of a bitch, Don fucking Callis. I tell you what. Is he going to join the combat club? Is that is that no, what we're I, intended I don't to think believe? So. I, I, no, I, I, I think if anybody's serving as the manager for the combat club right now, it's Brian Danielson, and so I wouldn't like that. Um, no, I think it's possible that he's attached to the combat club through Takeshita. Um, yeah, Takeshita goes on to join the combat club because I don't think Takeshita is going to stay with Kenny now that his. He didn't have the connection to Kenny and the Bucks before, you know what I mean? So he's going to probably stick with the guy that he already trusts and not Callis. And that you know I mean? like, gives us our golden five numbers. So that's kind of what I'm thinking, and that's the theory that I've seen. I don't know if I actually heard that from you or if I heard that from somebody else, but either way, the point is I did see that, and I was like, yeah, that kind of makes sense from a storytelling perspective. Um, does that necessarily mean that AEW is going to do it? I mean, no, not necessarily. AEW can come up with something better, or maybe not better, but something different, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But... If that's the direction that they're headed in, then it definitely intrigues me. I mean, the level of violence in this match was just insane. Like, uh, I, I mean, I didn't even pull up my notes. Like, I didn't even. I mean, <clears throat> so Mox rushing the ramp. I mean, that's predictable for Mox. Not, not sorry, Mox. It just is. If you're if you're a heel, yeah, you're rushing anyway. Um, but <laughs> rolling on the stage. Yeah, uh, chaos ensued after that. Matt Jackson diving off the stage before the match started was not something I thought I was going to see. Uh, you know. Um, but they, but Matt Jackson did it. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, they opened up with some heavy chops. The barbed wire chair was kind of the story of the match. Uh, that and the pile of glass, and that was really the only two like actual like deathmatchy spots that they did was bringing out that chair, and uh, you know then using using it to get all the all the blood was I thought an interesting way to get some uh, you know get some color in this match. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. The majority of this match, I mean, it was a wrestling match. It was yeah. a violent wrestling match, and. Mm-hmm. Like you said, they really only busted out the two kind of deathmatch tropes, if you will. Mox threw him into the camera, then kissed the camera. That's, I that's, thought that was a nice touch. Brilliant, you know, like you know, the superplex onto the barbed wire chair. That was just, I mean, there's no way that ended well, right? Like, Jesus. No. Um, 
Yeah. Oh, the, my favorite thing in this whole match was like a chant, which was "fuck him up, Moxley, fuck him up." Oh, just out of the crowd. Yeah. Oh, Mox can never really truly be a heel, can he? But um, <laughs> Mox defeated the turnbuckle. Uh, you know, clean. Um, that was the good. Cleaner. Yep, indeed, the cleaner. And he fish hooked him with the turnbuckle. That was a classic Moxley spot that he hasn't done in God knows how long. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, gosh, just a good, just a really good. The broken glass. Like Don Callis is not somebody I expected to ever turn on Kenny. I got to be honest. No, with you. exactly. Thought, and now we add another element to this feud where, you know, the Combat Club, if they have five members now, adding to Keshta, we still only have three in the Elite. You add four, that's Hangman. We're open for that fifth. I think it's time the Golden Lovers reunite in AEW. I think so. I think I, so. I, this this next week we could be going off the rails with Kota Ibushi joining AEW. I mean, I could see the Kota Ibushi is all elite graphic right now in my head. Like, oh, 100%. It's it, it could happen this fucking week. And Kota Ibushi's been pretty open about, you know, what he wants to do cuz he's you know, he's talked about it. it's either AEW or WWE is what he's talked about, right? Those are the two yeah, choices that he's AW, got. AEW, he wouldn't mind going back to DDT either. Oh, and I've heard him say Gleet also. I think it's one yeah. he also mentioned. Gleet. Whereas some people call Gleet the Gleet. AEW you're Gleet, you got to be fucking... Gleet's already doing well, I've heard recently in the last couple of years. Yeah. But but imagine you're Gleet and you hear that and you're like, fuck, we probably didn't even think we could get him and now he's possibly coming here. I'd be throwing the fucking book. I'd be throwing all our money if I was Gleet yeah. at him. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. But So Omega hits the one-winged angel and Moxley doesn't kick out, but... Callus kills fucking Kenny. So he's been betrayed. We've entered another wrench. He in was this, family. He was family. And now we've thrown another wrench in this beautiful story of the combat club versus the elite. That just keeps evolving. Who was each it backstage that confronted Callus afterward too? I liked that. Was it who? Oh, it was Alex Marvez, right? And like, a, yeah, in the post match post and, and, show and thing. He's, Callus is on the phone running away and it's like he's yelling at him. I loved the way he did that. That's you don't see uh, the the question askers or whatever you want to call them. The interviewers do like getting personal, but they are friends. You know what I mean? Like him and yeah. Kenny and all them. Malvez. That was I. I hope they show that on TV because I was it was it an off TV thing or was it on TV like at the end or something like. Either way, that was a brilliant little thing. Like AEW does so many small things so brilliantly. Charlie. Agreed. Agreed. So. Um, the hottest program in AEW, it's going to take another turn next week. Uh, we still don't know exactly what's happening at Double or Nothing. Is it going to be singles? Is it going to be an anarchy in the arena? That's what I'm inclined to believe it is. But is that anarchy in the arena going to be 4v4? Did we have that is it going to be 5v5? last year or was that at All Out last yes, year? Yes, Double or Nothing, it was oh, anarchy well, yeah, in the arena. I feel like that has to be what it is then. You know, We so, thought it might be the women for a while, but I mean, I guess that's what they're well, trying to I figure out, I think the right? ladies can still get blood and guts, so... Yeah, so we could have, yeah, yeah that would we'll be, see, I, we'll see where that it lines would be such up, a fun but, uh, couple of months with the Owen Hart going on in the background. Oh my bro. God, oh yeah. Oh my God. But that being said, I think it's time we jump into your favorite. And uh, what what do you got for us this week? Nothing new. Same old, same old. I'm a bit of a broken record over here. I spin and I spin and you hear the same bullshit fucking broken part of the song over and over again because I am an Orange Cassidy stan. Uh, Orange Cassidy took on another one of our pillars. Well, I guess Orange Cassidy is not a pillar, but he's one of my pillars for sure. He's the fucking foundation. But um, Daniel Garcia took on Orange Cassidy for the AW International Championship. Uh, they did a nice, really nice lockup to start things off. I thought they like, you know, two of the best wrestlers in the world getting in there. Absolutely. Uh, Taz, uh, finally understanding what sports entertainment means was hilarious. 
Um, that was actually a great bit. You know what's funny? I think I kind of finally realized that too in the moment. I was like, you know what? I'd always considered that, but I'd never realized that really is what WWE does differently for the most part. It's it's the bullshit finishes and stuff like that and the cheating. And not that everybody cheats, but if you're a heel, you got like one way to win in WWE. So you got to cheat. You got to do a little bit of cheat. You got to get a little bit of distraction. Anyway, uh, AW does the same thing though. So it's not that big of a deal. It's just wrestling, you know, but. Um, but that was pretty funny. <laughs> Taz really realizing that all sports entertainers do actually cheat. That it's not just a meme that AEW is doing. It's real. Like, um, oh, Daniel Garcia did his little dance. Uh, that shit pops me every time. Um, Cassidy, I've decided is a deity of selling. Uh, I don't think that's an overstatement. I think he's a god of selling at this point. Um, maybe the god of selling. Is that too far? Is he the best salesman in the world? Is that? Can I say that? Is that? Is that? Is that? Is that, is that a hot take? I mean, no one ever thinks of him as it necessarily, so it it feels good to know how great he is at it. If that makes sense. I'm just saying, I think he makes people look better than they ever look against other people. But that's just me. I mean, I could just be, you know, a big stan, like I was saying. But um, ooh, the superplex follow up uh, being reversed by Cassidy into the stunner that was that was nice. Uh, it didn't look like perfect, but I mean, I understood what they were going for, so it didn't really take me out of it or anything. Um, I was surprised by how little uh, Daniel Garcia did submissions in this match. He did toward the end, but up at the like the b- majority of this match, though, he was not going to his strength, which I thought was really interesting, you know? Um, just something I thought I'd point out. Um, and uh, the Garcia hits the devastating kicks. I like I like matches where Cassidy doesn't do any of those spots because he's taking it seriously, and then the, the heel or in the, just the bad guy who's trying to beat him, you know? whether they're a heel or not uh the the antagonist is the one that does it back to him that feels very like a good use of that spot and also shows me that the other person knows, knows what they're doing you know um and then garcia had this insane torque when he locked in the dragon tamer bro it was just leg wrenched in there oh my god he is so good at some of the small things like that that you just that's what makes me really optimistic for his future and why i why we both agree is one of our pillars it's mm-hmm. the little things he perfected in his career like already. Like small things that he age. perfected, like the finish of this match. Like he did a little bit of this with Danielson and I think a very other few wrestlers that he's wrestled, maybe Wheeler and stuff like that when they were wrestling for the pure title. They did stuff like this. But the back and forth the trades of uh, like the pinfall some, like, combinations, which then I believe ended with the mousetrap, I'm assuming. But even if it didn't, it was when some kind of roll up of some kind that the Cassidy beat him with. Um, I like that Cassidy's winning a lot of these matches like that because it's believable because he's beat the shit out of, he's been through 20 plus matches in a row, nonstop defending basically every week, you know? So he's going to be a little, he's going to be trying to get those quick victories so that he's not in, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if like we got a couple matches in a row where they're not as long as these ones because he's trying to get out of them as quick as possible because he's so hurt. You know what I mean? Like that would be an interesting And, thing to do you know like yeah this is such the, a great realistically where we're at with with cassidy is he's still selling the most from buddy matthews buddy matthews fucking put a beating on him like he is still selling most injuries from buddy matthews and this is what makes orange like like what you're saying why he's such a great seller that that was fucking weeks ago but it's the baggage it's it's the it's the the grit to keep going and keep powering through. He's going to put that title on the line, you son of a bitch. Uh, that being said, he better get a, a title match at double or nothing. Yeah, I hope so. Throwing that out I, there. I, I think so, yeah. yeah we I think we, we so. sometimes with our television titles, we like to forget them when we come towards a pay-per-view. Let's not do that this time. Let's 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 make sure Orange Cassidy's on the show defending that title. 
What uh, I love about these last yeah. like three or four defenses is they've all been people that have been like, yeah, no, but you, you could put the pile on that person 1000% and they haven't won yet, which just makes it so much sweeter when they, it's kind of like the Taka. It's like, it's like the Hiromu gambit, right? Like someone's going to beat him eventually. And it's going to be insane when they do. 100%. You know? Yep. And it's going to be fucking awesome when it does happen. Agreed. So yeah, I think that takes us to, uh, to kind of our next part of the show here where we will dive into some news. And then after the news, we'll talk about some best of Super Juniors because we've been keeping up with it uh, beginning to end. So yeah, we haven't missed the match yet. <laughs> we, we, we've got some good info on that. And then obviously we'll jump into Ring of Honor, Dynamite, Rampage, and we'll preview next week because we got some fun stuff next week. And we're getting closer and closer to Vegas. So it's only a matter of time. Okay, kicking us off in the news, MJF, our world champion, wrestled his indie ma- his first indie match since 2019. He returned home to create a pro wrestling academy in Long Island over the weekend. Took on a young man by the name of Leo Sparrow, and you know he was smashing those vegan nuts in. That was pretty much the whole thing. And yeah, he he addressed the quote dirty rumor going around that he doesn't like to wrestle. He said, "I just don't like to wrestle in front of those disgusting poor AEW fans." I love to wrestle here. <laughs> so, he put over Brian Myers, Pat Buck, you name it. Uh, I mean, how cool for the people in attendance to see the AEW World fucking champion show up. I mean, that's with, awesome. I mean, with the title even, yeah. I mean, like, so, like, yeah. I mean, it's pretty cool. I mean, you know. Um, yeah. I uh, MJF uh, still doesn't wrestle, though. He can't. He, he, sorry. <laughs> Okay, uh, here's a follow-up from Leva Bates last week. So uh, she announced her departure from AEW. Pretty much she was uh, on her Twitch, and she said, Yes, I'm no longer with AEW, but that is okay. I put a lot of love and effort and energy into the place and no regrets. I'm so happy to be there from day one before we even had a show, before we even had our first pay-per-view. I've made history. I'm a part of history, so I am forever grateful and forever will be just so thankful to have been a part of that. And she said, I'm not performing as, I, as much as I'd like to perform, so I'm taking all this energy and focusing it on trying to make things happen, trying to wrestle as many places as I can to go who knows where I'm trying to act. I have some stuff lined up to get me on my journey. So we figured we'd follow up from that uh, new story last week and kind of give you her words of what she's been going on and what she plans. So, I mean, I don't always... think this means we're not going to see her on BTE anymore because unless fucking Peter's fucking contract is also up, I feel like he's going to sneak her into some shit, you know? Yeah, I'm sure they'll figure it out. You can do fun stuff with there. So, um, as we have been doing, again, if AW does this more consistently, we'll probably cycle it out of the news. But we had a couple House Rules events this week, so we're going to cover the uh, results real quick. FTW champion Hook defeated Ethan Page. Christopher Daniels and Sean Spears defeated The Boys. I like seeing those guys booked on this. Tony Storm defeated Billy Starks. Great sign. Uh, Darby Allen and AW international champion Orange Cassidy defeated Big Bill and Lee Moriarty. Excuse me. Powerhouse Hobbs defeated Pat Buck. ROH World Champion Claudio Casanoli defeated Brian Pillman Jr. in a Proving Grounds match. And their main event, the AW Tag Team Champions, FTR, defeated the Guns to retain. And as we've covered before, it was a retain. That does count in their records. It, it, as far as AEW is concerned, this isn't like the live events currently for WWE where, you know, they'll go and I would say their World Champion would defend it every week, but we know that's not happening. Gunther would defend his title like, you know, four times in the same weekend against the same guy, right? On their little tour, that's obviously... Although they, those do technically count also, because AJ Styles won a United States title on a lot yes, of them. Yes, yes, so. they, they... But WWE just doesn't cover defenses, whereas 
Uh, right, a- like if there's like four defenses in a week yeah. like that, right? They wouldn't tell you, oh, this is now the AW as of they now. They don't even really track defenses in WWE that much, you know? Yeah, as of now, AW does count defenses. I'm assuming if they do more house rules, you know, going forward, I don't know if they will count those. Maybe they'll consider them. I mean, dark. it's not hard for them to do. They know what matches they booked. They can just put them in the records. It's not that yeah. hard to do. It's so, just you just got to get those notes to the people that. Like, so if Excalibur wasn't at that live event, which I don't know if they're if all the commentators are always there or if none of them are there, but you know if say they are right. But if he wasn't there, then you just tell him. I feel like that's what you have to do. AEW needs runners. We do know AEW does fucking runners. We need runners in AEW. I feel like that's why the lack of communication <laughs> sucks. Yeah, as far as we know, uh, they do they do tape these, so maybe they'll show up somewhere. Who knows? Imagine they launch with HBO Max, or I guess it's just Max now. They launch on Max, and it's just every house show is a part of that. As part of that, you can just watch it. <laughs> right? That'd be cool. I'd like to watch these uh, FDR matches. And then the next night, all right, here we go. Hook defeats Ethan Page to retain. So like, when I see stuff like that, I'm like, okay, he defeated Ethan Page twice in a row. Does that? I, I don't know. The Guns defeated Brian Pillman Jr. and Brock Anderson. Tony Storm defeated Sky Blue. International by the way, champ- that makes him 0 for 3 in fucking FTW championship matches, by yeah. the way, Ethan Page. Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen defeated Powerhouse Hobbs and QT Marshall. Uh, ROH world champion Claudio Castagnoli defeats Christopher Daniels to retain. TNT champion Warlow defeats Lee, Lee Moriarty to retain. And Hangman Page defeated Big Bill in a no-DQ match. And Hangman Page was seen wearing an eye patch. Bro, I bet Wardlow versus Moriarty slapped. I think that'd be a fun match. So a couple names that work that, and I mean, we talk. Uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see what that means going forward. Certain guys traveled there. I, I what does that mean? I don't know. CM Punk. Uh, he's going to be in heel season two. <laughs> we got uh, nothing nothing uh, too important this week, other than yeah, he's going to be in heel season two with his wife AJ Mendez. So, um. I'm sure we'll be talking more about CM Punk uh, next week and, and so on and so forth. <laughs> but it, light, light news for Certainly Punky we this hope week. so, right? Yeah. Yuka Sagazaki, one of our favorites, she is graduating from Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling. She said after December 1st, 2023, she will be done with Tokyo Joshi Pro. And she plans to continue in 2024 to move to the U.S., be based out of the U.S., and wrestle in the United States. And considering she's under AEW contract, more likely means more AEW. Uh, fuck yeah. That's great news. <laughs> yep. I already told you what I, what I wanted her to, want them to do with her if, if they do. I, I didn't realize it was going to be until 2024 when that's really kicking in. Uh, oh, well. I mean, whatever, you know. Um, but, you know, maybe not what I was thinking now, but, like, you could definitely throw her straight into a program as soon as she gets to stateside, you know? Agreed. Yeah, maybe she'll uh, face the new TBS champion, Hikaru Shida. And we can see. <laughs> just wait a minute. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. No, um, Matt Jackson. We saw him doing some stuff on Wednesday. He's cleared to return from his torn biceps. That's great fucking news for Double or Nothing. It, it, you know, a five a five on five anarchy in the arena would be a little hard without one of the young bucks, considering that is the core of the elite. And he's good to go. Good news. I had this in the news. We already kind of talked about it, but. Uh, AW Collision debut episode is to be named The Second Coming. This is uh, coming from Meltzer. He said, with that show will come a new deal with WBD, Warner Bros. Discovery, the announcement on the 6-17 debut date. Believed to be at the United Center in Chicago and the return of CM Punk in a show called The Second Coming. We'll talk more about this uh, announcement when we get into Dynamite because we'll spend some time on that. But he's doing some speculation, if you will. But yeah, I mean, look, it... 
I, that's a great idea. If you get a title out, something with this much stuff coming through the cracks makes me believe they have a fucking plan for when this shit airs. And they're going to launch some fun stuff. So our last little bit of news here before we get into some best of Super Juniors is another thing that came from Dave Meltzer's Wrestling Observer Radio. And it has to do with Will Ospreay. He said, Will Ospreay, as of a couple days ago, was booked on the show. I do not know his opponent. I do not know the match, but he was booked on the show. The show being all in in London. So, yeah. Uh, I don't think that's a major surprise to us. We I, okay. I'm, I'm gonna just say something here. I uh, Meltzer, I give shit to for <clears throat> various reasons, right? This is gonna feel, I think, a little bit more reasonable to some people. I don't like. I understand why he's reporting that because it gets him clicks, right? But like, I if he's not, if he's, it sounds like he's not sure now based on that he was of it. So uh, if you're not sure if he's going to be, I would not because that's – you don't want that there to be false hype and then anger if something doesn't get booked on the show because like, that's something oh, yeah. that can be created in the wrestling community by fucking accident, you know? So like – I mean you still have people fantasy booking Drew Galloway for, for fucking all in. His contract's not done till December. <laughs> He'd have to get fired like tomorrow. I mean but yeah. I, again, if we had to pick one person that wasn't in AEW, it's going to be Will Ospreay. It, he's already been on AEW so many times. He's in the UK. They have the partnership with New Japan. It just that to me has always made the most sense, especially if you're not doing Kenny and Punk. So, which we're probably not. Okay, Lord Willard, time for some fun here. Let's talk about some best of Super Juniors, huh? So we're going to run through some of the matches. And we'll stop on some others because we love some of these matches. And then at the end here, we'll kind of give a rundown of the standings, where we think it might go this time next week. A little preview going on. So um, stop me when you want to talk about something, all right? Here we go. Opening night, uh, we had Clark Connors in his new gimmick at Bullet Club. 100 proof. He defeated Kevin Knight. Okay, I'll stop you right here. Opening match of the whole fucking thing was a great match. Um, yes, it was. I didn't have, like, notes. I don't have, like... So, guys, I'm just going to be going off the... Because I didn't realize we were going to be, like, doing a full segment. Because I didn't know. But we, we hadn't... Re- we talked, but we hadn't decided yet. So, I'm glad you came up with something. Because I had no ideas. But, um, about how to talk about Best Super Juniors. I was just like, hmm, maybe we'll mention that we watched it. But, <laughs> um, anyway. This match was really fun. Because it's the two, probably, standouts, I would say, of their group. I, is that is that fair, do you think? Yeah, the um, LA Dojo. I'd agree. Yeah, so... Of the LA Dojo, I think these are the two standouts. Putting them up against each other to show what they're, what this tournament and this version of this tournament is going to look like this year is a great way to start things off. I thought Kevin Knight, even though he did not pick up the win here, looked awesome in this match. He's just an athletic freak. And uh, one of the things I was saying, I actually said this to you in his second match, which I'm sure we'll, we'll mention, but he just hits a really nice drop kick. And like, I just did not notice that when I was watching his matches before. And I just got to say, it's really cool to see like the five guys, not, not just five guys, the five guys, although just five guys is in this tournament as well, but the five guys from the dojo and from the strong t- you know, stuff that we were watching for a while being like the guys in this tournament. I just think that's so cool. You know what I mean? Like, Agreed. Um, it's just, it feels very full circle, you know? It does. And, you know, yeah, Clark, Kevin Knight has this athletic ability that I really think in two to three years, he's going to be one of the names everyone's talking about. I don't think he's going to be a junior, though. Um, he's pretty big. 
we uh we also had Taiji Shimura defeat Ryusuke Taguchi. Dan Maloney, this was a lot of people's first uh viewing of him. He's the newest member of United Empire. He defeated Bushi. Dan Maloney is uh he kind of represents that Japanese strong style. I was very it was not what I was expecting, but I was very impressed by it and I was into it. We had Doki defeat Kushida. Master Wado defeated Francesco Akira. Leo Rush, one of our guys, defeated Sho. Robbie Eagles defeated Yo. Teton defeated TJP. Just five guys. Yoshinobu Kanemaru defeated El Desperado, El Despi. I'm sure Despi's going to be on Forbidden Door. And then our main event, Speedball Mike Bailey defeated Hiromu Takahashi. It's just like an insane match. Like, and uh, we had talked when we heard this was going to be a match. Like, imagine if he beats him, bro. Imagine how insane it'll be. And he did. And he beat him in a Mike Bailey match where he got to do all of his shit and he made it look good. And Hiromu sold the fucking shit out of it. And oh my God, Takahashi goes down on night one, Charlie, to maybe the favorite after night one, given the fact that he beat him, you know, like. Yep. And in the main event of in Kodakan Hall, like. This is such. Like, this what is a how you debut win for Mike Bailey. Think about yes. that a main event in a legendary location. Just what a what a night for Mike Bailey. And that was, I think we both agree that was probably our favorite match from night one. We don't really do star ratings, but that was definitely a, a great thumbs up. And the other really good thumbs up, I would say, was Robbie Eagles and Yo. I mean, those guys brought the fucking. Oh house. yeah, I almost stopped you on that one because that was, I think, my first. That might that wasn't my first Robbie Eagles match, but it was definitely my first like junior Bobby Robbie Eagles match. Yeah, uh, and just he's like he is already taking. You know, I will say this, and we'll talk about it more as we go through the next matches. But through three matches, he is stealing this tournament for me because he is just putting on a show out there. So if you guys are looking for two matches from this uh, night one. Those are our recommendations. Uh, night two, back-to-back nights. This tour keeps going. We open up in the A block with uh, TJP defeating Kushida. We love TJP here. He then jumps on commentary, gives some pretty cool insight for the rest of the night. Uh, Yoshinobu Kanemaru defeated Dan Maloney. I think it's a trend, just five guys. Uh, Leo Rush picks up another victory over Ryosuke Taguchi. Robbie Eagles defeated 100-proof Clark Connors. That's a big 2-0 for Robbie Eagles. Mike Bailey. He evaded the house of torture. He defeated show. Francesco Akira defeats Kevin Knight. Taiji Ishimori defeats Titan. El Desperado defeats Bushi. Hiromu Takahashi defeats Doki. Again, Hiromu, every time he's in the ring, it's a different atmosphere. Doki here. The Doki Choki was locked in about six times. Wasn't able to get it done. And main event, yo, he delivered. Main event, yo, defeated Master Wado. Master Wado. So I saw the first Master Wado match. And I was like, okay, I like this guy. But he wasn't like, I hadn't like fully bought in yet. And main event Master Wado just came out like, like swinging. I mean, it's a good way to put it. You know, like yep. he was ready to show off what he could do when given the time and given the opportunity. Um, because something we noticed about these matches is that, and I should have expected this, I guess, but I expected like because it's the best of Super Juniors. Oh, they probably get everything time. Not everything needs time. Some nights you're going to need off because it's so many matches in such a short amount of time. So there genuinely are nights where guys will have a 10-minute match. It's still a really fun match that's exciting, but it's, it's a little bit shorter than everything else, you know? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But this match got the time. They got to get all their shit in. It was awesome. Uh, main event, yo. I mean, like you keep, like we keep saying, it's like 
I think that's going to be our uh, a little meme on the podcast every time we talk about Yo going forward. Because no, he just, in the main event, he's a different beast. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, it's it, and Master Wado here. Just again, like I never seen a Master Wado match before this tournament, and I'm already a fan. Like Master Wado is just a cool fucking dude, you know. Yep, and Master Wado won me over uh, last year against Wheeler Yuta. I that was. I walked away from that match and I thought, holy shit, who is this guy? So uh, we didn't really do predictions before this, but I, I made a little graph just because I was like, yeah, hey, maybe the announcers will do one. And I, I do have Master Wado winning this tournament. Again, he lost in the main event here, so maybe it's, maybe it's not going to happen. But yeah, this main event was really fun. And if you're looking for another match from this show, uh, Hiroma Takahashi and Doki. Yeah, you can't you can't go wrong with yeah, those Doki. Last two we didn't matches. really. We should have given Doki his flowers a little bit on night one because that match kind of caught us both off guard because we didn't think Doki was winning that, and um, the fact that he did it was such a big moment. And Doki is being positioned right now to potentially come like be a big player in this tournament, and I really like that because he's just five I, guys. Yeah, he's also just five guys, but also he's just. He's actually really, really talented. Like I'd seen a few of his things before, and I just, and he was just kind of there for a lot of them. I don't think he got to really be Doki, you know what I mean? Like, and when he gets these singles opportunities, man, he this guy is a, at the very least a future junior heavyweight champion, if not like maybe soon. You know, we'll see. Agreed, agreed. And then night three, so we're all caught up with uh, everything going on. Night four has not happened yet as of this recording, and by the time the podcast out, night four will not be out. So, uh, Hey, maybe you're more interested in, in checking this uh, little bit tournament out. Night three, we open up. Kevin Knight picks up a victory, defeats Yoshinobu Kanemaru of just five guys. Massive fucking win for Kevin Knight here. Sho picks up his first win over Ryusuke Taguchi. Uh, this was kind of a little fun match in the terms of they both said, you know, Ryusuke said, I'm not doing the comedy. And Sho said, fine, I won't do the cheating. He eventually cheated to win, but, you know. The <laughs> show has a different kind of heat. I've never seen that kind of vitriol from a crowd before. They fucking hate yeah, him. They, that's, I, that's why I'm sure Evil's traveling. He's probably getting full travel like pay or something. Who knows? And he's Evil's going to show up every night to just get some House of Torture fucking uh, heat. Uh, Clark Connors fucking squashed Bushi. I, this was impressive. Uh, 100 proof. Looked like a tournament winner here uh, picking up this victory. Taiji Ishimori defeated Doki in a fucking awesome match. Ishimori quietly 3-0, but, you know, you, I guess you can never doubt him, right? So the Bowen Soldier. And then Francesco Akira defeats Robbie Eagles in a really fun match. Teton defeats Kushida. If you're keeping track, Kushida's 0-3. Dan Maloney defeats Yo. Uh, very surprised by that result. Uh, main event, Yo was not in the main event. He got his ass whooped. So... Dan Maloney picked up. Bro, the we were like halfway through this match, and Maloney was still dominant as fuck. And we were like, "Bro, is he winning? Is he about <laughs> to win?" And then he did. and We were like, "Bro, three and zero Maloney?" Or no, wait, he, he lost, right? But anyway, yeah, the two and one, like, but still two and one Maloney, but still damn for your first tournament for your first matches, shit. And then Mike Bailey defeats TJP again, guys. This match is fucking awesome. They knew each other's counters in and out. The previous night when TJP's on commentary, he's putting over. That Mike Bailey's some of the top three hardest he's ever been kicked. He sold that during the match. Their chemistry together here was unreal. Um, El yeah, Des- even if neither of these guys win the tournament, we got to run that one back. Yes. El Desperado defeats Master Wado. A little sad by that result, but Desperado had to pick up a victory. And then the main event, which I think is my favorite match of the tournament right now. Leo Rush defeats Hiromu Takahashi. 
Leo Rush gets his victory. This is all he's ever wanted to do. He puts it over in a post-match uh, little promo there. This is He had to beat Hiromu. He had to. It, it, when he lost a couple months back, it, it really hurt him. And getting this victory, it shows to him that being in New Japan Pro Wrestling is where he's meant to be. And They wanted is, him. I didn't know that, that the fans requested that he get signed. That's pretty yeah, cool. Like, and, and you and I, we, we were really big fans of Leo. He got the All Elite graphic. Five months later, he's gone. And we were really upset by it because we loved his direction, but he wasn't wrestling. It was a little weird. And I could not, as a Leo Rush fan, I could not be more happy with where he's at. I feel like he's I saw found Sean his Ross spot. Sapp, uh, was was really happy with what he was seeing from Leo in, in Japan. Yeah. Right now. Like, he had some great matches in NXT. The Angel Garza match was awesome. And he had some pretty, he had a weird main roster run. Let's, let's be honest. It, it was a little weird. He was. Lashley. They had this guy as Bobby Lashley's manager when he could have just put him as a tag team, but you know, whatever. That being said, Leo Rush, Hiromu Takahashi, uh, I would recommend that. I think I recommended Hiromu's match all three nights, but I guess it is Hiromu. You know what you're getting. I mean, that's, that's that's why Hiromu is junior champion pretty much always, you know? <laughs> yeah. So let's run through the blocks real quick. The A block. We got three guys at the top, all three and oh. Mike Bailey, Taiji Ishimori, Leo Rush. Titan is two and one. And then we got four guys at one and two. Hiromu Takahashi, Doki, TJP, and Sho. And then we got two guys 0 and 3. Ryusuke Taguchi and Kushida. The B block. Six of the ten are two and one. Yoshinobu Kanamaru, Robbie Eagles, El Desperado, Clark Connors, Dan Maloney, Francesco Akira. We got three-way tie at two points. Master Wado, Yo. Kevin Knight, and then Bushi at 0-3. Bushi, a quiet 0-3. I think there's a couple. I mean, he's he, getting Bushiroonied. He is. And, you know, the squash. I'm going to call it a squash. I mean, you, you would not expect a squash in this tournament. He got squashed by 100 proof. And that, that I think, put it on the radar like, damn, okay. Bushi's got a different role going on here. But all in all, um, this is your first three. Kind of like your first endeavor into the best of super juniors. Maybe other people are listening to this and they're like, no, it does sound like some fun. So what if, what if, how, how do you feel in three days in? And you excited for the, the next day of uh, best of super oh, juniors? When you told me there up? wasn't anything on Monday, I was like, bro, really? Oh, because <laughs> I was really excited for the next night. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I guess we'll just have to watch some, uh, professional disc golf in the meantime or something, but hey. <laughs> Um, but you know, uh, either way, you know, shout outs to our boy Gannon, but, um, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> bring it, pull, pull it together, Gannon. Anyway. Um, but he, he already played probably today. So if he even made it, so, um, anyway, yeah, no, I mean, uh, I, I'm really, really enjoying it so far. Honestly, didn't know what to expect going into it because yeah. tournaments are so hit and miss in wrestling. Um, and I've heard so much over the years about these and, I just, it makes me like a little nervous because like, I'm not that there's anything wrong with the tournaments that New Japan does, but I just, I put tournaments in Japanese wrestling on a certain pedestal because of the way that the all Japan pro wrestling championships were treated for so long, you know? Um, so, and there were giant tournaments every year for those things. So, you know, like, um, and to this, to that some of them that are still t- to this day in New Japan, you know what I mean? So like, yeah. um, like like the World Tag League, for example, I'm assuming they had two separate ones at one point. But you know what I'm saying? Like it, it's clearly there. It's anyway. 
So, yeah, I mean, I'm really, really impressed with the uh, field that we got because, honestly, like, I feel like there have been Super Juniors years where I just looked and I was like, I don't know enough of the guys. I think that's still true this year, but this tournament is a fantastic way to get to know some of them. Um, Agreed. Because I'm seeing them at their best. I'm seeing it at their peak and when they're doing the most, as they sometimes say, you know? There's, like, a good four or five people we could pick. You could ideally see win this thing. And I think that opens up the card that much more. I mean, here's the thing. At the end of the day, Hiromu might still win it. But it's about, it's about the journey that we go on to get to that point, right? So, yeah. Um, I mean, that means we got to have a Leo versus, you know, Mike Bailey match to, to determine a number one contender if that happens. Yep. Oh, yeah. We're, they're in the same block. We got to eventually get that match, right? So, <laughs> yeah, so whoever wins that heads-up match might be the number one contender if that happens. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that'd be so nice. So, yeah, that being said, guys, if you're interested in that and following along at home there, um, yeah, uh, uh, I think we can both recommend it. So, that being said, let's get into the main core of our show here. We're going to run through the Ring of Honor, Dynamite, and Rampage results. And like we used to do with Elevation, we're just going to do it now with Ring of Honor. So, you're going to take the lead for Ring of Honor. And uh, we got Ring of Honor on Honor Club episode 11. Reach for the sky, boy. Anyway, um, <laughs> all right. Uh, it's actually yeah. awesome. Uh, yeah. So Mark Briscoe taking on our, our one of our favorites actually that we see on Ring of Honor quite often is Shane Taylor. Um, I, I actually think the Universal set. I, I I put this in my notes. I think the the set actually looks uh, pretty good for Universal. Um, so that's good. Um, I just I so there was like a fantastic sells uh, throughout this match from uh, Shane Taylor. Um, it was pretty hard hitting and they had a pretty good pace to it. And I think, like I said, they both sold pretty well. Um, you know, um, this is a ring of honor dark match though. So, you know, Shane Taylor couldn't get that much in and you know, is Shane Taylor a jobber in ring of honor, Charlie? That's what I have to ask you. Part of me sometimes feels like he is, but you know, I think he's just, I'm going to say losing to future world champion. Mark Briscoe is not going to hurt him. So, I'm going to say he's not a jobber. Understood. Okay. Fine. So, Claudio Castagnoli, Ed Wheeler unit, took on Rhett Titus Ed, Hot Sauce, Tracy Williams. Um, Team we've really been a- liking on Ring of Honor, by the way. Yeah, that's which is a little disappointing because this match was a bit of a squash for them. Or, well, I guess rather a squash on them, I should say. Um because Claudio and Wheeler kind of just had a dark match here, you know, um, which for them is kind of boring, honestly. Not 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 anything against those guys. They just they know and we know, and it's like okay, fine, you just have a normal match, I guess. Whatever, you can't have two fucking really cool matches to open the show. Fine, fine, I guess. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of cool matches that we kind of sort of opened the show with, um, I think they probably treated that match a little bit too much like a dark match. That's all I'm saying. You know what I mean? Um, but you know, yeah, I, and I I. I'll just say this. I thought the pace of it, it it was really, I just don't think everyone clicked. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Okay. Uh, we had Blake Christian. Oh, heart Blake Christian taking on Samoa Joe, 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 Joe. Um, I like the speed out of the gate. Unfortunately, there was not much here for Blake, which sucks. Um, cause we know they could have had a fucking just barn burner of a match, yeah. you know? And uh, I hope this doesn't bode badly for Blake. They've been treating him like a fucking star so far. So this is a little disappointing, but I got to get Joe's wins, I guess, on the way to facing his next challenger in Mark Briscoe. So um, 
Mark Sterling was backstage and uh, Yawn, I guess they finally officially combined the groups, which I thought happened on Ring of Honor like a fucking two months ago or something, but whatever. Uh, the Righteous took on the Infantry. Um, the crowd was feeling nothing for this match, which sucks because I really like the Infantry. Um, and the Righteous apparently just haven't been used enough. I, they've been on like every episode of Ring of Honor. I don't get how this crowd didn't know who they were. Like, it, it, it's not that they didn't know who they were. I think they just didn't care about this match. So, Which is but, so uh, strange because for what it was and what the match served, you know, I kind of enjoyed it. Yeah, like, well, you enjoyed everything except when they cut away from the wishbone. That yes, was. good. Yeah, we... Um, you guys, we cannot cut away from their main fucking tag maneuver. That was pretty brutal. Uh, to show Stu Grayson for I believe like the seventeenth time in thirty seconds. So yeah, that was brutal actually. Yeah. Um. We uh. Yeah. Yeah. Not 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 ideal. But uh, the next segment we had was our first actual. We actually with the, with the, so normally the way the Ring of Honor has been going recently, we've had like a match and then we'll go straight into a backstage segment about the Kingdom usually. Uh, and this Kingdom versus Andretti and uh, Darius the deal that they're doing right now in Ring of Honor. Yeah, and uh, we we got it here instead, which is fine. I don't really care. You can structure it differently, but I was I was kind of like liking that structure a little bit. I don't know, maybe it just got a little too predictable. And he was like, Nah, let's do something different. So. Uh, but the Kingdom and Andretti and uh, Darius, you know, the Kingdom are just getting put over like absolute like monsters. No, not monsters, but they're like legends of Ring of Honor. And I think that's pretty cool because they should be. Um, we had a controversial matchup next between, uh, I think it's between Vert Vixen and Robin Renegade. Um, and uh, what, what was it that happened in the match that people were like, what the so, fuck? So the ref, so Robin Renegade locks in her finisher or her submission. And Vert Vixen oh, yeah. is, she started tapping and she didn't she's call tapping out with her foot. Yeah. And the ref's not picking it up. And then she's screaming, I'm tapping out. The ref's still not picking it up. And eventually I think Robin's like, dude, come on. <laughs> she tapped yeah, out so you can't seven seconds that ago. Um I'm all for bringing in new refs, obviously. Um but uh You gotta protect your talent. Like that's that's her fucking main that's her submission robin renegade signed yeah like, it does seem like the referee just doesn't give a shit like wh- who's that uh referee in the ufc that always let fights go way too long it's like that shit but like yeah maybe maybe not do that you know but that anyway. being said robin renegade and vert vixen i'm i'm a fan of them both we've yeah, seen vert a couple times now if she's next to be on one of these tiered deals i think we're both walking away happy 100 percent. and uh robin renegade and vert vixen both look good here i think other than that stupid shit at the end. All right. Um, the embassy have taken out one of the boys as reported backstage because apparently there was supposed to be a match between the embassy and the boys, but they didn't end up having it because they tacked him, uh, presumably out of the, out of wrestling is what it seemed like. Cause, uh, it looked like, um, um, uh, Fucking Christ! Uh, Dalton Castle wasn't expecting to be there because he was in a suit. Yeah, so. he was in a he was in a suit, so, so he he was not expecting to be there. Let's well, keep an eye on that. Is he going to oh, show no, up? On these? All, no, I'm so excited to talk about the next match. This is so fun. We had Ninja Mac taking on Willie Mac. It was the Mac battle. All right, the Ma- the return of the Mac. All right, um, the Mac. Uh, there was an immediate "Let's Go Mac" chant, which made fucking Willie Mac just go, "God, fucking damn it!" You know, like <laughs> <laughs> there was some mind games from Mac. Um, and then Mac is a freak and, uh, Willie honestly can move like a gazelle for that, for that size, which is insane. Uh, and yes. uh, yeah, it had a fun ending to the little Mac battle here. But I think, uh, I think, what, what is a Willie Mac's finisher? I don't even fucking know, but he hit that. I'm pretty sure. And he won. So, 
Um, I'd like to see Ninja back back after this. I'd like to see the Mac, the Mac attack tag team form. They now have respect for each other. And that tag re- needs to happen. Yes. Return of the Mac. That needs to be the name of the team. Return. All right. Anyway, um, Caprice just, did a great job putting these guys over. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, okay. Anyway, um, so yeah, and uh, we had the embassy getting a match anyway, so they obviously just booked some jobbers for him to to beat up. Um, Khan looked like an animal here. Uh, Toa murdered a man with a lariat. Um, I, boring and pointless. I felt like this match was, and I the only reason I felt that way it's the Brian Cage effect is what I've now coined the term. Uh, he just drags the whole group down. I'm sorry. Um. Yeah, it's, it's sad, but true. And for some reason, you know, our dominant team here is having a legit like match with these guys. Oh, yeah, that uh, was insane. Like, why are they why are they not being dominant? This was like longer than it should have been. <sighs> Little things sometimes can kind of suck you out of it. And that was one of them this time. <sighs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so um, it's time to get Steppen, everybody, because it's Tony Deppen versus Kyle Fletcher. Um, because you best be stepping when you're facing Tony Deppin. All right. Um, and uh, there's a chicken wing dragon suplex, which I don't think I've ever seen before. That's a beautiful little 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 uh move there. Um, ooh, there was a really nice sync sequence that led into a slingshot, or sorry, led after a slingshot cutter from Deppin, where he just was obliterating uh Fletcher for a bit. Fletcher's just on this really fun streak of matches lately. It's awesome. Um. The super speed chain wrestling spot was pretty fucking sick where they were just like, and they did all the fucking moves like it was the Matrix. It happened in like three seconds instead of like 10 minutes like it sometimes takes, you know? Yeah. Um, they hit this really nice sequence of hard strikes against each other and the sell on the double stomp from uh, from Fletcher was really, really nice. And I actually thought he might fucking lose, you know what I mean? Which would be crazy because I think Tony <laughs> Deppin does have a partner that he could team with. So, you know, like um, that would have been insane or he could have just picked anybody, honestly, you know? But uh, that would be crazy. And it was a really fun match. Kyle Fletcher ended up picking up the win here, I believe. Um, yes. I'm pulling up my notes. Uh, I have my notes and then like a result so that I can reference it. And the dogs are going fucking crazy. Yeah, he got him with a knee and then ran right into a Michinoku driver. Michinoku driver picking up the win for Fletcher. I like that, actually. That's a good move. I, and, and, you know, something we've talked about before is usually when, when we see Aussie Open – Traditionally, Mark Davis was the singles wrestler. He's a former heavyweight champion in Australia. Kyle's always been with the tag. That's changing, and we'll get into it on uh, Dynamite. But Kyle's Kyle's uh he wrestled this week on Rampage, and he's got a big match on Dynamite next week. Hell yeah, bud! He saves it for that title, bud. Bye, 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 bye. Anyway, I still think it'd be awesome if he walked into a Forbidden Door with that championship. But um. And in the next match, which I think should have probably made evented this episode of Ring of Honor, um, to be honest with you, uh, because the next match kind of fucking sucked the air out of the building. Uh, Anthony Henry took on A.R. Fox. Found Waldo, Charlie. He was there in the crowd. Um, he was there. I found him. He was right there. He's he actually was right there. in front of the hard cam, if you look. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, Fox had some really good dives here. There was a nice pile driver spot on the apron by Anthony. Uh, the crowd gave zero shits, which sucks because it was a fun match. Um, they put in a little effort and got nothing for it. Fucking just classic dark. And it's I really hope that's not what Ring of Honor is becoming. Um, then AR Fox had a really, really nice dive to take out JD Drake, uh, where he like did this like run. And then he does like a flip instead of hitting the fucking springboard out of the ring. Like that shit's insane. Um, and then there was a post-match beatdown from, uh, which is what we were hoping would happen here because, you know, Anthony Henry gets a loss here, but JD Drake's out there and he got attacked. So, you know, they should want revenge. 
And I, and it's like, and then you were like, all right, so who's, who's making the save? And we probably, we were all thinking, okay, it's probably someone ring of honor. Like who knows what it'll be. I was thinking Metalik. Hey, Metalik would have made sense. That'd be a fun tag team. And Charlie, FTR's music hits and FTR makes the save. How we didn't get this spoiled for us. I don't know, but it's cool when the shit doesn't get spoiled. It really is. Yeah, that was a nice moment for us because uh, we watch these together a lot of times. We haven't recently, but we usually try to if we can uh, so we can like react together and be like, oh, this is fun. It makes it less like a especially like this episode would have been kind of a slog to get through if we had watched it on our own, probably. Um, and then the Trust Busters in the main event of the evening took on the Dark Order. And I did not care about this match and it was fine. And I not what I'd have any of these people in this fucking match be doing, to be honest with you. So uh yeah that was your main event if that's your main event tough all right anyway um oh sorry that's not your main event there was a sky blue promo and match after this i'm fucking completely completely lost it everyone anyway um <laughs> it's all right it's all right the trust busters in the dark order literally you know what it's that match feels so fucking out of place between those two matches. they there should have just not had that match or had it before the other match like why did you not yeah. put a co-main event come on <sighs> trust busters anyway um so athena took, i'm not even talking about that match or the promo because i don't remember what sky said i just remember she was sky and it was fine anyway um athena took on sky blue sky seemed like she was actually being treated seriously like she was a real contender here um athena with more uh creative as fuck spots with the stairs which i'm, I'm enjoying that that's fun yeah you don't see that too often stairs master over there um uh she had some heavy forearms on her they rolled around with some pin trading which seems to be a kind of a signature sky blue spot at this point uh, Athena was selling for her really nicely. Um, they had some really, really close near falls. And uh, I think this might have been Sky Blue's best match, Charlie. And uh, she took a nice power bomb onto the stairs. And uh, and she took Athena to her limit, man. I think so. Um, I'm going to agree. This was Sky Blue's best match. And, oh, we also got uh, Eddie Kingston came out during that segment with FTR. I forgot to mention. Um so, but he didn't actually attack anyone. He just was intimidating. So I assume he can't do anything yet. Uh, but, but he did come out. So Eddie Kingston is back, everyone. Um, and I'm just looking for the finish of the Athena match here. Uh, face buster on the knees. Okay, yeah, that's the one that she's been beating people with. Uh, she kicked out a one, yeah. and then she locked in the cross face. Blue rolled to the ropes, rolled her back, and then camel clutch. All right, good good finish there. I actually like that finishing sequence. The fact that I had to talk for like ten seconds to explain the whole finish tells me that's a good finish. You know what I mean? Not that a super complicated finish is always good, but it means that they did enough in that time that it's. I actually have to explain what they did to be able to actually say. Yeah, it, it was know? creative, and you know, Athena was still, you know, the bastard afterwards in the sense of she still beat her up after that awesome fucking defense. You know, she oh, yeah, she showed her a little respect by smashing her taste into the title, you know, like everybody else. <laughs> yes, and it's like that is Athena. And, you know, is is Sky Blue getting her best match against Athena a coincidence? I don't think so. I think Athena's just that fucking good. And she knows how to go out there and have a legit championship match. Uh, uh, Sky Blue was like, I want to have my best match, and Athena was like, Fine, I'll do it myself. Fine. No, but um kind of just overall thought about Ring of Honor here uh, today. I thought being back in the studio kind of we had some more life into the product. People paid for Ring of Honor. You could tell there was a difference there. They cared about more matches. I mean, the fucking sirens were off when they didn't when that crowd didn't care about Robbie Eagles and Claudio. That to me let me know, yeah, we need to get back into that studio tomorrow because it was like pitch quiet when Claudio was doing some shit. Whereas on here, you know, we had people getting 
getting out of their seats for A.R. Fox and Anthony Henry at the end. They didn't care at all until the last, like, three thirty seconds. But, you know, they eventually started getting excited. And they the crowd cared about Athena and Sky Blue. So, yeah, it was that, that was nice. And, um, yeah, that's uh, Ring of Honor Episode 11, right? That's all we yeah, got. Yeah, buddy. All right, let's jump into some AEW Dynamite. And we've already covered a, a lot of the show, but we didn't cover the beginning. We had Claudio Castagnoli defeat Ray Phoenix in a double Jeopardy match. So before Long- we go deep into why we liked this match, because I'm sure we spent a lot of time talking about that, I will say I wish the result had gone the other way because I think Agreed. I care more about a Ray Phoenix single match for the title than I do about a Claudio and Wheeler or Claudio and whoever title match for the other titles. I'm thousand I'm percent agreed. Saying. Thousand percent agreed. I was hope I was rooting for Ray Phoenix to win this and myself. I thought it would have made more sense. Um, yeah, uh, God, Ray Phoenix is so good, and when you when he gets these singles matches, it's it, it reminds everyone. It's like he saw everyone talking about the Vikingo matches on TV, and he said, nah, 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 don't forget about me. Don't forget about me. Like, nah, 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 the one on your roster is me, motherfuckers. And then he's like, oh, shit, Commander. And he used his speed to get really, like, to take advantage of Claudio at the beginning here while Claudio was just laying the boomstick throughout the match. He's he's trying to press Phoenix over his head, and Phoenix is countering that to a Hurricane Rana. I mean, there dude, was a really fun spot where the camera just didn't cut away when he chucked him over the barricade and it just looked awesome. Yeah. And kind of like, you know, towards once this match is really getting some length under it, Phoenix is trying to he's trying to get the hell out of the way. Claudio's get, gut wrenched him out of the corner into the mat. Uh, Claudio ducked a bounce back kick, but then he ate a follow through thrust kick and roll through to the stunner. Uh, Phoenix had a double jump moonsault out of the corner onto the floor. Um, we get back inside. Claudio caught a flying Phoenix with an uppercut. Phoenix then hit a Ricola bomb into a code red, another thrust kick. He's flattened Claudio at this point and Claudio ends up hits the alpha mare water slide and the Ricola bomb for the victory. And you know, Claudio put on the motherfucking all pine water slide. It's been years since he's hit that move. I feel like it, it, I think it has. And when, when we were talking about Claudio joining AEW and the matches we could get and unleashing his potential. It's stuff like this. I, I, I want to, I think this is my favorite Claudio match I've ever seen. Is that, is that fucking ridiculous? Nah, nah, nah. His match. I think Eddie it is really good. I, don't I thought know. the story with Eddie, I liked the match too. Don't get me wrong. To me, he just, I had been waiting to see something like this. Uh, and let me, let me reframe greatest match since he's been released from WWE. Let, let me just we you can go back in the histories and look at all this stuff as the in part of the tag team with hero and stuff and the, you can unleash a whole book but no here's the thing to me this match clicked on every level they got each other so much and I just I I don't know I just it, to me I fucking loved it I got nothing else to say I mean uh, any other thoughts you had on this match and a fucking awesome way to open the show I mean right shit. are you no entrances by the way. No, which I, I don't find that a coincidence in the same day of all those people saying those, those, I don't even, I don't want to use, uh, morons talking about how the story and the presentation matters more important than the wrestling. You can, everyone can have their opinions. I, I personally agree when it comes to no, wrestling, wrestling is about the entrance. I was told that one. Exactly. So 
the same day our opening match, neither wrestler who are champions get get uh, entrances. It's me like, yeah, this is the right spot to be when because entrances, that's all fucking glam and shit. But we what we care about is in the ring and the fucking bell rung. We're already in the ring, you know. So yeah, I don't find that a coincidence. <laughs> I mean, how is it a bad thing that in the first like. 10 seconds of your wrestling show, there's a bell ring. That's maybe how it should be, you know? Agreed? We're here to watch wrestling. I want to see these motherfuckers do the act, you know? All right. Backstage, we see a returning Miro. Bro, I did not expect this to be <laughs> Where did that come out from? Out like, bro. Whoa. Uh, well, that answers some people's questions. Where has he been? He showed up. He's been in that white room. He stopped by Renee, asked why he's here. He stared at her and walked into Tony Khan's office. I am very glad Miro's back. Let's let's get him working on a storyline. Let's get him working in a program. I'm just I'm glad he's here. Loses uh, the Wardlow at double or nothing. Oh God! I, it, please don't put him in a title match right away. Please, no, no. Let's have him beat the hell out of someone. I don't know. Have him go ruin someone's day. What's Aaron Solo doing tomorrow? No. Um, <laughs> we jump to a, a video package of the four pillars. AW title match, double or nothing is shown. And MGF's talking about how he'll have the most longevity out of all the pillars. His reign of terror has just begun. Loved I all thought, the little Beatles references here. That's you, you, <laughs> that's great stuff there. Yeah. I I, I got to say, I, I liked how, uh, how these little packages were presented. This is a fun little a theme that they do throughout the night. And I thought it just it played off well actually on TV. I believe there's a commercial then. We jump to a video package highlighting the history of John Moxley and Kenny Omega, which we talked extensively about earlier. FTR came out to the ring, immediately invited the best friend Mark Briscoe, but instead they got Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, Sa- Sanjay Dutt, and Satnam Singh. Dutt demanded an answer to their double or nothing challenge from last week. Dax Harwood accepts the challenge if they admit to using Mark Briscoe to get to them. Uh, Sanjay's like, no, no, no. He denied that. Mark Briscoe walked out from the back, got a big pop, telling everyone to relax. Briscoe said Tony Gaga gave him some news, and that Briscoe is the special guest referee for the tag title match at Double or Nothing. Briscoe passed out cups to have a toast, but Dutt missed the tequila into the eyes of Harwood. Briscoe tried to keep the peace when a blinded Dax Harwood Grabbed Mark Briscoe and hit a pile driver. Lethal and company bailed. They're like, dude, what the hell's wrong with you? I thought that was Bro. actually really fun. And FDR attended to Briscoe like, dude, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought that was fun. This is a fun little segment. Yeah, here. I mean, and- it adds a little bit of bias to, to Mark Briscoe now, right? You know, yeah. Like, so I, now there's blurred lines. He was already a little sussed out by, by Triple J. You know what I mean? So... Now he's even more. Now he's got like now he's maybe he's gonna be more objective now because I, I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. You know, it's it's a fascinating story they're booking here. I, I, uh, I really I, I didn't think I was gonna enjoy this that much. Again, not what I'd have FTR be doing for their first feedback, back. But I mean, no, I would have had this one and done on TV. But but you know, hey, here we are. So more uh more Jeff Jarrett uh, fishing segments, please. Yes, is there's a lot of talking in a row here. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Renee Paquette. Backstage with uh, Christ Jericho. Yep. Christ As she Jericho. asked how he's doing after Adam Cole got the best of him last week. Jericho said Cole created an unsafe work environment. Hmm. And has a court order saying if Jericho is in the arena, Cole is banned. 
Roderick Strong walked in, called Jericho delusional. Strong challenges Jericho to a false count anywhere fight. Jericho accepts it. Jericho tells him to be careful what he wishes for since he has a strong army. Roderick Strong <laughs> pulls out a little sheet of his own, handed Jericho a document saying the JAS are also banned from the arena next week. <laughs> so he tried to one-up him, and we got Roddy versus uh, Jericho. Hell uh, yeah there, buddy. Jericho, I hope you enjoy having a ground beef chest because uh, Roddy's going to put you through some fun. The Excalibur. Messiah of the Backbreaker. <laughs> I'm so glad he's here. Excalibur talks about Miro showing up earlier and going to Tony Khan's office as they throw it back to Renee, waiting for answers out- outside of his office. Thunder Rosa shows up. Thunder Rosa has returned. She says tonight's the night Thunder to get Rosa, answers. Collision confirmed. Tonight's the night to get answers, and she goes into Tony Khan's office as well. What the fuck's going on in that office? No, but they're booking collision. Thunder Rosa, Miro return. I, I, I mean, hey, if she's cleared, that's some fucking great news. That is yeah, some as seriously of like three great weeks news. ago. It was like she might not come back. And, and I think we talked about last week. She's been gone ten weeks. They're ten months now, so it's been a long time. And I am very, very glad she's back. And yeah, with Collision, our roster is going to, you know, we're going to see even more on the roster here. A video pack, uh, before I actually jump away, Thunder Rosa being back, I mean, it's got to make you happy. This was your uh, Women's Wrestler of the Year last year. Uh, yeah. So for her finally <laughs> returning, you know. Well, you actually she was yours collision. last year. I, I, I had her for most of the year and then I changed it to Tony Storm, but yeah. Right. Um, but I, I agreed with you that she was probably actually had the better year, but I just really like what Tony Storm did last year. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm never going to live that takedown. When we get two years removed from it, I'll just talk about the pre- previous picks from that year. But, you know, <laughs> um, but no, I mean, not that Tony didn't deserve it, but I just, I don't feel like anybody agreed with me, which made me go, oh, anyway. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm excited to have her back. I really hope, uh, you know, Thunder Rosa was reduced to a commentator. I mean, that's kind of RJ City was roasting her about it this week. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, you know, so not that that's a reduction. I'm sure she enjoys the, enjoyed the gig that they were giving her something to do. But like, you know, obviously, I think she thinks you'd rather be wrestling than commentating, you know, so. Um, oh, absolutely. So, so and there's a lot of a lot of women on the roster now that have started to sort of come out of their um, shell that she could have some really great matches with. So I'd be really excited to see that. Yeah, there's plenty of people that we could uh, see her jump in the ring with. And yeah, uh, we also had some more people added to the AEW roster this week. I kind of meant to hit this in news, but uh, hearing uh, Thunder Rosa kind of reminded me. Yeah, Zach Clayton's officially on the roster. Diamante, Kira Hogan, and Harley Cameron. And all of those wrestlers had one thing in common. They were tiered deals. Keep an eye on that. So basically... Um, actually, I I have a Sammy Guevara thing to talk about real quick. We got a video package on Sammy Guevara saying he's one of the pillars that he should uh, and that shouldn't have been. Jericho said he brought in Guevara not to be a sidekick but to be a star. Ty Mello mentioned the main event is where he belongs. Being born to do this, Guevara said to any kid out there who was a dream it could come true. This absolutely came off as Sammy Guevara wanting to be a babyface. Or is the babyface? I don't even know. Is everyone a babyface against MJF? Probably. Technically, I think yeah. But, okay, Tony Khan, he's backstage saying how tonight is one of the strongest Dynamite cards they've had. But even with that, there are so many talented wrestlers backstage that can provide content. Khan said next week there will be a huge announcement. And, yeah. So, 
we're both kind of in the party here of you getting these returns. We're getting the second coming. AEW collision on Saturdays is all but announced. And there's a lot more rumors that seem to be circulating this announcement upon an announcement. Um, okay, let's start from from ground zero, right? Harley Cameron, Diamante, Kira Hogan, Zach Clayton, all added to the roster. All of those wrestlers were on tiered deals. Um, did they now get the money to up those from tiered deals to core AEW deals? Who knows? Is that is that the route that they've gone? Is it a coincidence they've all been added to the roster right before this? I don't. I, I honestly don't think so because they've been very. AEW's been very strict with adding people to the roster, and that's something we've talked about. I mean, even the fact that Kira Hogan and Diamante weren't on it's pretty surprising, but they were on those tiered deals. So Harley Cameron, Zach Clayton, who the hell is that? No, oh, but Zach Clayton for Collision yeah, confirmed. Zach Clayton, who the, what the fuck is that guy? <laughs> that's that's like the worst. That's the saddest part about Dark Man. That was, that was my guy. But all in the midst of all this. You know, everyone's got the question on their mind. What's the announcement going to be? Are they announcing more than just... They're announcing that CM Punk doesn't have hair anymore. Is CM Punk coming out super kicking Tony Khan? I mean, what's... Who knows? I would actually pop if CM Punk hit a super kick after fighting the Elite. That would be awesome. Yes. But where are... uh, Where... Everyone's probably been all week seeing these rumors of, you know... Bro, hey, hey, hear me out. This is the most insane angle I think I've ever come up with. Hear me out. There's no way this will ever happen, but imagine if they could somehow make it work. Imagine we're all being worked this whole time and we don't realize it, right? And they actually are all fucking still best friends and they're just making this like a big deal, right? For for money, right? And And Kenny, who has been slowly getting turned on by everyone, gets turned on by the entire elite and CM Punk becomes the new leader of the elite. Oh... Now you're talking some like great dude. That I mean, you want to talk about a big angle? That'd be fucking big. CM Punk and the Young Bucks versus Kenny Omega and FTR. Can you imagine the reversal of all that and how insane that would be? <laughs> That'd be awesome. But billion dollar elite. You've probably seen it around this week. You've probably been wondering where the hell's that all coming from. We'll say this: none of the numbers that have been rumored are are legit. Could it be a billion dollar deal for AW? Absolutely, it could be. We don't know that. We won't. We might not even know Wednesday if it is. But here's the deal: AW All Access. The numbers are in. AW All Access did better than Dana White's Power Slap. If 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 you guys are wondering if that's great for AW, the answer is yes. AW is now producing secondary content that is beating other content. As as we've already seen in the past, AW is the draw for cable for uh for Turner or for Warner Brothers. They've they've covered it extensively at the investors. Uh, it was like earlier last year, and now that investors thing is coming up again. This time it's on Wednesday. My God, what are the odds of that? And it's and possible all, before Dynamite, we're gonna know the terms of this deal, and uh, it's gonna be insane. It one of the leading rumors are, or maybe not the terms of it, but know that they're gonna get an increase. I feel like they would talk about a, a major increase for W for for, for AW. You know what I mean? Yeah. One of the major rumors is five years, $1 billion is the new deal. And that would include streaming rights, involvement with Max. Um, and, and would actually involve every piece. And this would explain why stuff is – I think some stuff has been pulled off YouTube, Charlie. I think it's something that I've heard. Um, and, and as and we covered last week, be, they're no longer doing YouTube content. 
it may be that the, every piece of AEW produced content that's not already on Max has to go to Max now, which would make a lot of sense. So every dark episode that's not on YouTube or sorry, that's on YouTube right now, maybe gets pulled. I've seen other companies pull similar moves. It's usually unpopular to do that, but I don't think the wrestling crowd really is going to give a shit, you know, to be honest. As we know, most people didn't even watch fucking dark. So, but what could this mean for AEW? Well, my God. Right now, they're working with $40 million a year. Just as an example, if they were to get that upgrade, they'd be getting $200 million a year. They're now getting five hours of television. Until 2021, right? The beginning of... No. Yeah, 2021, they were only getting two hours of television. Then it was three. And then you flash forward 18 months later. That's actually going to be two years later. You flash forward two years later, they're getting five hours of television. With a billion dollar deal. If this is the case, you're going to see some scorched earth takes next week. Because, oh my god, who knows what the fuck's going to happen. But, yeah. AEW, Max, All In. It it all... There's a lot of pieces floating out there that we've been covering week to week. Is it all going to connect? Is All In going to be on Max? We, we, We read straight from Warner Brothers. They want to include more sports on Max. All In has not been announced as a pay per view. Some more all-in stuff, by the way. I think they, uh, some of the official numbers have them at over 61K right now. So, well, again, as more stuff comes out with that, we'll we'll be diving into that as time goes on. But there's so much floating around there. Where Where's your brain at as of today? Just just for the people wondering, like, you know, what, what's, what's happening right now? We've had Brian Alvarez okay. shoot some numbers like three years for <clears throat> 300 mil. So uh, this is when yeah. all my conservative fucking points that I've had over the last year are going to make a lot of sense. Okay. So, um, and when I say conservative, I mean like conservative when it comes to what I expect for this TV deal. So what we're talking about here is a billion dollar deal. Do I think that's realistic? No. Do I think it's possible? Eh, I mean, maybe if they're, if, if they're, if Warner is as behind them as people seem to think, then yeah, um, like Thurston seems to think they're going to be like balling, you know, like, um, so, but he also has been the first person I've heard say also that don't expect everything to be peaches and fucking roses because not everything has been, you know what I mean? So, um, like he's very much more in the mindset that I am. He's very positive outlook about it, but he's, he's also very clear that a lot of this stuff he's hearing is, you know what I mean? Anyway, so. The point is, what I think is possible is I think we could see. So it's forty million a year right now. I think seventy-five million a year would be a reasonable expectation. Um, and you're like, what? That seems like not that big of an increase. Here's the thing: a- anything with if an you give them max, yeah. and you give them um, all in being broadcasted on HBO Max and stuff like that, and they start to broadcast maybe one or all of the pay per view events a year exclusively on HBO Max, and on top of that, you get. Um, like uh, uh, um, another two hours of television, then I don't think you need another, I don't think you need a billion dollars. Now, maybe you could make the argument, well, they might, might need an increase of revenue that's more than $75 million a year that, to be able to work that. Okay, fair. $100 million a year then. I think that's a little more realistic than going like uh, whatever the fuck X increase that would be, which is an insane amount. You know, it's like, what would that be? Like $160 million increase a year? That would be insane and if it happens i will fucking sit here and and admit that i was wrong but i still i still believe that television is on the way out and so is going to be these numbers aren't going to be as insane as they used to be when things would go this well you know so 
that's my only thought is like, I, I'm always been looking at this and I guess I've never really gotten to get to this point because there was never really, it was always, I would always didn't feel like I was defending the position that I was in and, and inherently, but I'll say it now that it's not that I think that AEW isn't doing extremely well. I just think TV as a whole isn't. And that's what's going to end up being the thing that hurts some of these numbers overall. Do I think AEW could get to a billion dollar deal eventually? Oh, hundred percent. I think if they're not there eventually, then. Well, they're not even going to be scratching the surface of what WWE. Oh yeah, has. WWE just sold for nine billion dollars to Endeavor, you know. So, you, you you know, AW would probably sell for a couple hundred million dollars right now. I would think maybe 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 a maybe a billion. I actually don't know, but um, who knows? It's a big brand, so it could be. It, you you could make an argument for it to be in the, in yeah, the exactly in the hundreds of billions, in, but I don't know. How. The I, I, I don't know. All right, let's. It's, I wonder if they can find what is AW evalu- evaluation. Let's see if we can actually find it. AW valuation. Because I'm curious if there's a number out that's public. Yeah, I mean, so it's all just potential speculation. Okay, yeah. apparently people are saying I'm seeing on squared circle 400 million. That that's yeah, so not a billion dollar company, but it's pretty good for a company that came out of nowhere. So. Yeah, exactly. A company that's not even been around five years yet. So yeah. By the way, if they're making two hundred million dollars profit a year, which I would think would be what that would have to transfer out to to be worth that much. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, and a uh, hundred million years is lining up with what Alvarez thinks. He thinks it's three years, three hundred mil. That's that's been one of the rumors he heard. We saw the five year, one bill again. Either way, an increase would be a great sign for AEW going forward with their relationship with Warner Brothers. And I think everyone's kind of hoping. Let's get some stuff on Max. Let's get the streaming service down. That can only help you expand in the long run. So, okay, I think we spent more than enough time on that. Figured we uh, spent some time on some Tony Khan's announcement of an announcement. I mean, that's the yeah, How do you feel meme. about that, him announcing the announcement? I mean, the announcement <laughs> he announced was impromptu, right? So I guess it's kind of... Oh, yeah, exactly. So it's I, I had some fun with that. It's kind of funny when you really think about it. All right, uh, up next, we had Orange Cassidy, which we've already covered. A video package showing the returning Hikaru Shida is shown from last week. The Outcast mock house Sheeta is back in Japan this week. The issue is six women tag for next week, which Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter accept. Wow, we're just doing it on TV. Okay. Maybe there's more to that story. Hmm. Christian Cage came to the ring with Luchasaurus. Tony Schiavone talks to him about challenging Wardlow last week. Cage quickly insults the crowd, and the heat began. Um, I mean, this guy's getting booed out of the fucking building. He calls himself the number one contender for the TNT title. Hmm. Cage asked why there are so many daddy issues in AEW. Talked about Wardlow's father, but said he wasn't famous, so he's not wasting his breath. <laughs> Cage said Wardlow's hey, father. He's right, though. AEW kind of is daddy issues, the promotion. <laughs> Cage said Wardlow found a father figure in Arn Anderson who was looking for a son himself. <laughs> that line didn't get nearly enough. Like, honestly, honestly, that was fucking beautiful. Um. Cage said he was talking about Brock Anderson, who aren't through to the side for Wardlow and took all the credit. Cage called himself the sidekick to Ric Flair and said Tully Blanchard did all the work for their team. And we've seen from videos in the crowd and people that were there, they said the crowd was so loud they couldn't hear what Christian was saying. And you could feel that energy on TV. It was Oh, bro, the Edge is better chant. Like, it was just so savage from that crowd. We break into that Edge is better chant and... Uh, he's pretty much just giving the rundown on Wardlow, like, dude, I'm going to beat your ass. And he, they're doing doing it next week, I guess. So, all right. Our video packages of the night continue. Darby Allen, he's at his house 
training by skateboard. But riding just, an just, ATV. just before we get into the derby, he looked like he wasn't even prepared for the level of heat he had. Man, he was just like, God damn! I know he really just ran with it. But it's a, it's amazing to me how Christian can get that heat. It, that's He's truly been cutting promos like this is. his whole career. That's why he was always really good at this. He just always got overshadowed by Edge. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like it's it's because Edge is just. I mean, we Edge just cut like a basically a promo where he was saying he wanted to. What was it he did recently? We released that video. You know what I mean? Like I, I didn't see it, but I, like I saw even like I could see his eyes. He had that fucking promo mode on. You know what I mean? He was saying some shit. And I was like, I know he's spitting right now. You know, spitting some straight up fucking heat. And yeah, that needy was so. Yeah, pretty much this Darby Allen thing saying uh, world champion AW means he can give back to what wrestling, what wrestling gave to him. We hear from Sting saying Allen got into wrestling similar to why he did. Allen said he's going to go to double or nothing, become the world champ. Okay. Up next, we got our no holds barred match where Anna Jay takes on Julia Hart. Uh, I'm going to take the lead in this one. What did you think of this match? And, uh, Kind of, I guess, the progression of both of their careers to this point. Yeah. So two of the, I would say probably the two uh, people that were being trained when were kind of still not fully there when we first started covering this. Maybe Anna Jay was fully there by that point, but maybe wasn't seen that way by everybody yet. Um, and they got to go out there with a no holds barred uh, stipulation, which I'm I'm so glad that uh, Anna Jay is just being treated as this fucking badass like deathmatch style fighter. She's not fighting deathmatches, but she's fighting. But she might eventually, you know. She's fighting everybody in these street fights and shit. So, you know, it maybe maybe that's her thing, and I kind of dig that, especially because she's gone this darker sort of heelish route. So it kind of kind of sort of fits. Uh, they got the weapons in there early. I think there was like a kendo stick pretty instantly. Um, Julia delivered some really nice chops. I would not be surprised if she was like, hey, Malachi, can you just chop Brody for me and show me how to do it? She's like, yeah, okay, I'll do that, you know. Or he's like, yeah, I'll take some chops, you know. Um, so, um, or whoever. Fucking Fuck it, I'll take a chopper too. Come on over buddy, here. Buddy, buddy. Like, yeah, chop us both. Just show her. Show her. Anyway, um, so <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Or she might just be learning that from like, I mean, she, she was she one of the Nightmare Factory people? Am I crazy? Like. I'm sure she might have gotten some training. I mean, I'm sure everybody that works with AW probably works with at least QT a little bit if they need to, you know what I mean? But like, if they yeah. need to, but I don't know. If, no, yeah, whatever. Anyway, the point is, even if she was, and even if she was trained by, you know, other people, the point is, I really enjoyed what they did here. Uh, they did a really nice gory special into a pile of chairs. That was a really good spot. Um, the trash can in the corner was good. Um, the superplex onto the sort of like chairs was, uh, just a brutal and also kind of missed the chairs. So Jesus, um, <laughs> that probably wasn't fun. Um, and Julia Hart picks up the win over Anna JAS here, Charlie. This has to be Julia Hart's biggest win of her career to this point after she locked in the, I would have lock. to agree. Yes. Yeah. Massive win. And you know, how about that? A non-title program getting the love that it got. And just how we had a fun payoff here. This was a fun match. This was like maybe our first, like just straight up television women's feud that we've had in AEW in a while anyway. And I, I like it's that been a while. That. I think the last yes. one we had was deep versus, uh, versus, uh, Hikaru, right? I, it might be. And it's been some time. And I got to tell you, I, I thought they both delivered. I thought they both looked good. The future is bright for both of them. And, you know, it's good we establish more of our women's talent as just in general for AEW. It, it's a great sign. Build the depth of the division more, you know? So, yeah, uh, that Heartless looked good, too. Okay, 
Renee Paquette backstage again. She's working overtime tonight. Uh, she's back there with best friends, Bandito, and an injured Orange Cassidy, who said he thinks there's room for three more titles in his backpack. Paquette asked what their stipulation is for the house rules match, which that caught the best friends off guard. They were like, oh, shit, what the hell? Trent said, no spooky witches ringside. Of course, he's talking about Julia Hart here. And Julia Hart, who just went through a a giant, brutal match, where she's not going to be out there anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, pretty much, yeah. They walked out to the ring. Cassidy said he's exhausted. Paquette agreed. And, you know, we can't blame her for how much work she's been putting into tonight. <laughs> okay. Our first house rules match. The House of Black, Malachi Black, Brody King, Buddy Matthews take on the best amigos, Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta, and Bandito. So here we go. And I, I got to say, I like the little things that went into this match. Like the house lights coming down and staying down for the whole match. That was cool. It was like they infected the arena as soon as they arrived, man. And if you want to put over an act, that's a good way to do it. Um, You know, here's the thing. I, I thought this worked really well. It had a... It, What's the I'm trying to think of the term here? It had like a like a like a particular vibe, uh, a signature look to it almost, where it felt new, it felt refreshing, and I feel like going forward with these guys, now we have something to look forward to that's going to stand out from the rest of the show in our smorgasbord of wrestling that is AEW. Another act hits the bill here in these house rules matches: the twenty count. I mean, I, I love a twenty count. <laughs> I, I, it, it, I feel like a Bro. twenty count is just better. It, yeah, yeah, it really is. They need to do the thing that Japan does though, and start micing the refs because that shit makes it so much more exciting. You know, let's get a red shoes twenty count going. You know, I'm in. Um, but yeah, so getting into the match here, pretty much Bandito and Malachi open us up here. They have a really nice back and forth, like striking exchange. Black eventually sinks in a leg lock. Bandito try to do a rope break, but there's no rope breaks in the house rules match. I thought that was a, a good way to let the audience know too as well. Because even if they've read the rules, they might not completely grasp them. Like, uh, boom, rope break. Okay. Now I know. No rope break. Okay. Benito rolls to the floor. Brett and Taylor, you know, they momentarily kind of jump in, take control of Black. Uh, he ends up being tagged. Uh, tags King. And he just steamrolls the shit out of everyone. We go to commercial. We come back. Brett is able to get back with a nice tornado DDT and a thrust kick on Matthews for two. Uh, we see Orange Cassidy backstage watching. Bretta avoided a curb stomp and hit a double stomp counter. Bandito made with the hot tag with a tornado onto Matthews. A crucifix bomb on King. Bandito wiped out both Matthews and King on the floor with a dive. Uh, we jump back inside and Bandito tried another springboard on Matthews. Flattens him in midair with a V-trigger. Absolutely beautiful. Taylor made the tag. Dropped Matthews with the soul food. King made the tag as both he and Matthews flattened Taylor with a Dante's Inferno to retain the titles. Just fun, hard-hitting, quick. Boom, 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 boom. I thought everyone involved looked good. I mean, obviously, we love seeing Bandito. The guy is so much fun. We jump. And, you know, the reason we went to Cassidy earlier is because backstage we see Orange Cassidy laid out. And it's revealed to be the ultimate Chad himself. Aussie opens Kyle Fletcher standing next to him. He's holding up the international title with both of his uh, tag champs. And he's next in line. So what do you think of the match? And then uh, our guy, Kyle Fletch, Fletch, Fletcher. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Title shot next. Oi, oi, 
Oi! Indeed. Uh, yeah, really, really fun match. Like I said, I really liked the atmosphere that that sort of lighting created, and it made it feel like a way more important match. Not that it wasn't already, but it just made it feel more important because it was a different look. And it made. And if you look back at highlights of that match now, it's going to look different than everything, which is such a cool little you know feature, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and if these house rules title defenses end up becoming like a legendary AEW title defense run, then, then it'll just be a fun series of matches they can put in a package on HBO Max that you can just watch in a row and it'll be fun to watch you know um <laughs> absolutely with all the same color lighting i mean it vibed kind of like pwg to me like where there's like less crowd that you can see and less noise you know what i mean not that there was less noise during this match but it just felt like it was a very intimate sort of like when nxt would do its uh pre-match introductions with the lights down you know what i mean and then bring them back up it has a different vibe to it it makes it feel like it's something different and more important and more exciting so i really yeah. like that uh, the crowd barking at Brody will never not pop the shit out of me. Um, and <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, I thought Trent had a really nice drop kick off the top rope. That was really fun. And like you said, that sensational hot tag from Bandito just really brought everything together. And uh, yeah, uh, Best Amigos is a team I would definitely like to see again. I'm so glad that we got Bandito and the Best Friends. Like, what what a great fucking group to be in with him. Like, ugh. It works for him, and it works for the group. It adds a new element to it that, you know... Come on, man. When that man hit the... Oh, it was over. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. So, yeah. That being said, we our last thing of the night, because we've already talked about the main event, our fourth pillar highlight package here, showcasing uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Said he's living out the dream he had as a kid. Christian Cage actually hopped in this package. Said if Perry can get his head out of his own ass... He can win the AEW title. There's really like a lineup a I like him still. I like him having earned his respect after beating him down like that. That's good. Agree. It was what a nice touch to the segment. It makes it feel that much more real, too. You know? Oh, 100%. Because it's not like he really doesn't hate Jungle Boy. He just was he was turning on him because he was he wanted Luchasaurus to himself. That's the real motivation there. It's not that he didn't like Jungle Boy. He obviously had some resentment toward Jungle Boy for being younger and a star. You know what I mean? But. Other than that, in character, he just was turning on him because he thought he wasn't able to win. That because he, he was losing a lot of the time, you know. So, and you can always pull a, a regal thing and just be like, "Hey, I, I just turned on you because I wanted to make you better." <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Honestly, that trio ever wanted to reunite and be, you know, Luchas, uh, what were they called again? Jurassic Express again. I mean, I don't know that we want to go back there, but if they ever want to run it back, I mean, they're about to bring back DIY and WWE. So, you know, it's these things are things you can run back later. Yeah. The door is always open. And then it's we had our the main door event. is forbidden in AEW. Wait, no, no. But, um, yeah, that was a uh, dynamite this week. Let's jump into some AEW rampage rampage, baby. The acclaimed and Billy Gunn defeated the butcher and the blade and Kate Kip Sabian drip Sabian. Uh, this is a pretty uh, run-of-the-mill match here. My biggest note was when they're a trio, Billy Gunn is the hot tag for this group. Yeah, which is kind of cool. I think that's an important note going forward. I still think these guys are going to be the ones contending for the belts at, uh, what's it called, double or nothing against the House of Black. So maybe we'll figure that out next week. Maybe they don't do it at all. I don't know. I thought this match was perfectly fine for what it was. Uh, there's a funny Vince McMahon line from uh, Caster before the match. And yeah, pretty much gun hit the famouser on Sabian for a near fall blade breaks up that pin. 
And we we end the match here with Caster taking out Blade with a super kick. Bowens hits the arrival. Caster hits the mic drop for the pinfall. One, two, three. And I thought it was a perfectly fine way to open up Rampage. I mean, the crowd's always going to react to the acclaim. That's This act is is only evolving. And I thought this match was fine for what it yeah, was. Yeah, somehow I mean, losing the tag titles is like not, not – they have not missed a step. It's crazy. Like Yeah. It ha- it hasn't affected them at all, which is awesome. QTV and the new goal is to dig up dirt on British people who attend All In. Um, if you live in England but you weren't born there, you're Brit-ish. And Harley Cameron interviewed Powerhouse Hobbs. Hobbs read from the Book of Hobbs and plans to add more to that story. I love that she comes up with all those things, and she clearly comes up with them for real, I'm guessing. Brit-ish. They just, like, no-sell the fuck out of them. It's hilarious. <laughs> they really did. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, up next, we had Tony Storm taking on Allison K. Uh, Allison is from Detroit. Um, she got the hometown pop. I mean, here's the thing: we've seen her before in AEW. I thought she looked fine. She is the former uh, NWA Women's World Champion, as well as the Impact Knockouts Champion. Under, I believe that was. I like that they Sienna. called her. What was it? A three-time champion or something like that on her graphic? Yeah, that's a good way to put it because not everyone's going to give a shit about an Impact Champion or like an NWA Women's Champion. But you can say three times champion, and everyone's like, "Oh shit, this is a world champion." Oh, okay. Yeah, it just adds a little bit more to that resume. And I thought that was a nice little uh, a nice little touch for for her. Um, overall, but what would Charlotte pretty... be like a ten time world? <laughs> I think it's already like sixteen. It's insane. It, she's already at like her dad's record or broken. It. It's ridiculous. Um, Ruby So got in her cheap shot. Uh, Saray. Everyone kind of did their thing. Kate, you know, once we get back from the commercial, pretty much uh, Storm hit the tornado DDT. Went for a pile driver. K countered the pile driver attempt with a pinning combination. Soho distracts the ref. Storm took down K with a German suplex, running hip attack, Storm Zero, pinfall, one, two, three, and we're on to next week for them, where I think it's make or break for this feud. Something's got to give. The guns cut a promo backstage. Ethan Page interrupted with an offer to talk. So, hmm, what's going on with all Bro, that? Bro, no, it's not even a joke. She's got two NXT Women's Championships, so if you count those, she's a 15-time champion. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty nuts, huh? If not, she's a 13, which means she's tied with fucking Randy Orton. Yep. <laughs> or no, one behind Randy Orton. She's on Randy Orton tier at this point, And she's, like, not even that old yet. God damn. Yeah, no, I think since she went back and got NXT again, they count them. So, that being said, our next match here, we had Kyle Fletcher and Action Andretti. Uh, what'd you think of this one? And uh, Kyle Fletcher, single single star. Yeah, maybe not my favorite uh, Fletcher singles match that we saw recently, but I really enjoyed this match. Um, I really like Action Andretti, obviously. Um, And I I just thought this match took a little bit to get going for me, but that's fine, you know. Um, I think Andretti did a really good job of selling for uh, for Fletcher here. And, uh, you know, I thought he was given an opportunity to show what he could do again. So, um, and I believe that Kyle Fletcher can truly do no wrong in wrestling right now. And um, is, is this Andretti's best match so far? It's up there. This is a good match for him. Okay. I mean, one pile driver to beat Andretti, I think, is that fair, do you think? Even though normally, like, the Fletcher and uh, and uh, Davis usually have to use one each, you know, to win, like, a tag match, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because they're going to put him over. It's a pretty big deal because of how much gold he holds in New Japan Pro Wrestling. He's getting that plot armor, right? The plot. Plot. 
Um, yeah, Shivani interviews the Hardy Boys and Brother Zay, formerly known as Isaiah Cassidy. Jeff Hardy promised to win the AW World Tag Team titles in the Hardy Boys' final run. And this brought out the guns. The guns asked for a six-man against Hardys and Zay, with Ethan Page as their partner. Matt Hardy agreed, with the stipulation that if his team wins, he gets Ethan Page's contract. Whoa. You got to cut it out with this contract stuff, Matt. And last time I promised is what he responded. Uh, the guns agree on the behalf of Page. So, okay. Little, uh, another wrench in the plan here for... That's, that is true, eh? Matt Hardy has signed more people to contracts or has been signed to more contracts than AEW. <laughs> I think anybody else. It's kind of insane. He really fucking has. It's, it's pretty funny, Um, in all honesty. The truth is the truth. But now it's time for main event... Hungy. Swerve Strickland, Brian Cage defeat John Silver and Alex Reynolds in our main event of the evening. So, yeah, here we go. Um, pretty much the Mogul affiliates is we're starting to see them develop as the tag. Bishop Khan, as well as uh, Toa Leona, were back there. They walked out with them, walked back. I, I again, if I had to pick one tag for Swerve, it would be Con. I would like to see that pairing. I think it would work very well. Toa got in his little crazy man gimmick going on, but he did his thing there. Pretty much, John Silver offered the Mogul Phillips to join the Dark Order. <laughs> they can even bring their hats. Okay, Reynolds and Strickland start the match, but tags were made to Cage and Silver pretty quick. This is you know big man versus little man. It worked out well. Um, they get into a pose down. The crowd was rooting for Silver here. Come on, you know the deal. We all like our Silver. Johnny Hungy. We're all going to get Hungy? behind him. Hungy? And then, um... Ricky? Yeah. Uh, pretty much, Silver was showing Cage's power, and he dropped Cage with a power slam. We have a split-screen break. Uh, Swerve and Cage, you know, they start beating down Silver. Silver ends up reversing a suplex attempt from Cage to get the tag on Silver. Uh, Silver sent Cage to the floor. I'm just going to stop you really quick. Brian Cage is just lame, huh? I mean, it is what it is at this point, you know? He's going to be around from here on out, so. Oh, five years. Yes, we got to just uh, get into it, I guess, you know? Do do we have to, though? Do we have to? He's teamed up with Swerve. We have to. (sighs) It sucks, but, you know, I'm not the biggest Cage fan, but he'll do his stuff, and I I guess. The reality is, they just needed someone that could team with Swerve that was could wrestle at the very minimum. <laughs> they needed like the guy. <laughs> yeah, right. You shave it off. No, but uh, I thought this worked out pretty well. Um, all in all, Swerve ended up picking up the win here with, uh, he, he took Silver out with the JML driver. Cage got the pinfall on Reynolds. And yeah, after the match, the Gates of Agony came from the back, double teamed Evil Uno. Mogul affiliates were overwhelmed the Dark Order until Keith Lee and Dustin Rhodes came out. And, yeah, Keith Lee looked badass carrying some big fucking thing, and I don't know. I guess this this match is this is our double or nothing match. Is Keith and Swerve finally? I'm just, I can't believe we haven't had the payoff for that match yet. Maybe that's one of the reasons they brought in Will Washington, right, to try and figure some of this shit out. But yeah, um, what'd you think of the match? And I guess our our post main event angle that we had. Um, yeah, this might be surprising, but I. 
I don't know. I liked this match, but it didn't really work for me. Like, I was just like, meh. I didn't really yeah. care. Um, and one thing that was really dragging it down for me, not to be the person that constantly harps on this, but it's just JR on commentary just did not help this match at all. Um, and uh, I thought the ending sequence of it was really, really fun, though. So I will say that about Agreed. it. But um, uh, Hungy did get a little bit of a pop, though, which I like. You know, the crowd was with Hungy. They were on the Hungy mode was engaged. They dig him. They always will, I think. That's that's the great thing about the Dark Order is we're always going to get, you know, some love from those guys from the crowd. So, yeah, um, I think that's all we got for that. And I guess let's preview some of next week, huh? Good. Kicking us off next week, we have Chris Jericho versus Roger Strong. Falls count anywhere. JAS is banned from ringside. Um, Ansel was Adam Cole. Baby. Excuse me. The Outcasts take on Britt Baker, Jamie Hader, and Hikaru Shida. <clears throat> Ricky Starks versus Jay White. Jack Perry versus Roosh. Sammy Guevara has a match. Don Callis has a promo. And we get a follow-up on Wednesday's huge announcement. So maybe Fletch and Orange Cassidy for Rampage or the week after. I thought uh, um, uh, so. People are saying that that uh, Roosh being beat by Jack Perry is going to be as bad as when Kanosuke got beat by Sammy. I don't think either of them are that bad. I got to be honest with you. No, it, the reality is people are so used to every match has to end in a DQ or every match. You know, we can't have a winner. You're buried if you lose. No, it, in AEW, it's proven time and time again. You lose matches. Kenny Omega just lost a match. Like, you lose matches in AEW. It's just the way it is. And it, this isn't going to hurt Roosh. He's lost before, and he's won before. He lost to Moxley, and honestly, I think it put him in another atmosphere at his current spot in AEW. Like, I thought that elevated him almost. With that where that was one tra- of my favorite world title matches from the interim title reign. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it's not going to affect him. I, I don't know. People have been really dunking on Jack Perry lately for a lot of reasons. I believe he had an interview come out yesterday that didn't really help his case. But yeah, if, if what know. he said and that was real, then Jesus Christ, John, Jack, get it together. Yeah. So we, there's a lot going on with all that. It, uh, you know, it's people like to dunk on him. So I <laughs> did that ruin to Kanoski? I guess the, the easiest thing is that the Kanoski losing that match ruin him for you. For, for me, no. I just thought I'd bring exactly. it up, you know. So it, it doesn't hurt anyone. Yeah, I, it's don't. It's that fundamental mindset that people have grown up their whole life with because they watched that WWE was the main program. So fed. Yeah, people uh, are allowed to lose now, and that's that's kind of my only response to that. No, but, actually, they're not, and you're wrong for thinking that. Exactly. Every time you lose, you're buried. Kenny Omega was fucking buried this week. God, I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> Does someone think Kenny was buried this week? I hope not. If they do, maybe they won't. I don't know. Uh, Kenny wasn't buried this week. Safe to say. Okay. Uh, Any other closing thoughts you had? (laughs) Yes. Uh, Any closing thoughts you have? I know we got uh, Leo Rush versus uh, Taiji Shimori tomorrow. That's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. I think probably Leo's getting his first loss, though. Um, 
or not his first loss, getting another loss, I should say. He has lost once, I think, right? Or is nope, he's, he's, they're both undefeated. Oh, yeah. Someone's going to be 4-0. Yeah. yeah, I think Ishimori probably gets the nod there. But, I mean, maybe if it's Leo's tournament, you never know. You never know. Um, but I'm really know. excited for that match. Um, my, my final closing thoughts for this week will just be that I'm really excited for a lot of the matches on this week coming up of AEW. Um... And I expect we'll have a lot to talk about next week. Then, so like this week, there was a lot to talk about, but there was like it felt like there was individual segments to talk about, and then like a lot of meh in between, you know, which is fine. That's yeah. just wrestling. It's that that's the smorgasbord, right? That's um, smorgasbord, hundred percent. Not everything that they put out is going to be to our liking, you know what I mean? But a good amount of it is. So that's that's why we cover the show every week. So I'm just really excited for what we get to talk about next week. Hundred percent agreed. So thanks everyone for sticking around again. Eat, sleep, elites the Twitter. Uh, Bane Duke at O Charlie with an X instead of an A. The Duke of Derps on Twitch. If you guys were interested in hanging out with us at all this week, uh, that's the best place. So, uh, thanks again for sticking around. Um, hope you enjoy the show next week. Uh, I believe next week's the the loaded week. We got a double or nothing preview, our little prediction show. We'll do the post show for double or nothing. It's usually our favorite shows are these post uh, pay per view shows. So, again, thanks a lot. We'll catch you guys on the flip side, Vision.